0: If anything, I'm just so tired. Are you all tired? Like, (laughs) it seems like every day there's just a new news story about some racist white person saying something fucked up about black people. And I'm just like, man, remember? Like, I miss those moments where it was shocking. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: wasn't that a good time in my life?
1: From Topic and Earwolf, this is Politically Reactive. I'm W. Kamau Bell.
2: And I'm the future U.S. Secretary of Sex, Hari (sighs) Kondabolu.
1: The show where two comedians try to make sense of politics in America.
2: As a result of this ridiculous mission, the podcast will be on forever.
1: Last week, many of us witnessed the power of Brittany Packnett's amazing hashtag, hashtag black women at work.
0: It seems like you're hellbent on trying to make sure that whatever image you want to tell about this White I'm House. Let me answer, I understand- I okay, but you know what, you're asking me a question and I'm gonna answer it. I'm sorry, please stop shaking your head again.
1: In response to acclaimed journalist and acclaimed black woman, April Ryan being told to stop shaking her head by baby man Sean Spicer, the black internet went rawr. And many black women used the hashtag black women at work to talk at times when they had dealt with similar treatment. And the white demonry didn't stop
2: there, Kamau. Then there was your racist uncle slash quote-unquote journalist Bill O'Reilly talking about Congresswoman Maxine Waters' hair.
1: So what does that mean, Bill? We've been listening all morning. We cannot I, I didn't hear a word she said. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the James Brown wig.
2: <laughs> you know what? I think Congresswoman Maxine Waters can handle this response. And let me just say this. I'm a strong black woman. Tell em. And I cannot be intimidated. Oof. I cannot be undermined. Preach. And I'd like to say to women out there everywhere, don't allow these
1: right-wing eh, talking heads, these dishonorable people to it. intimidate you or scare you. Woo. Be who you are. Catch this rhetoric. Do, do what, what you, do, you do. And let us get on. You don't want these hands. With discuss- the real issues
2: of this country
1: flawless victory
2: hey, come out can you hear me
1: because i think congressman waters just dropped my microphone <laughs> <laughs> and this week much like Bo jackson ran through brian bosworth we're gonna run through this story forget all the rhetoric we're gonna talk to an actual black woman at work that's right. On today's show, we'll be talking to writer, comedian, and YouTube star Akila
2: Hughes, also known as Akila, Obviously.
0: This week's top story. If you see a Nazi, punch a Nazi. Beyond being a crappy member of your online community, Donald jeopardizes our economy, our global reputation, and our national security every time he tweets this garbage. Delete his account. How upset can you really be about bathrooms in North Carolina if you don't live there and don't have to pee? Why are you so pressed about Black Lives Mattering? What happens to you if black lives matter? If Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, literally what else has changed in your life?
1: Akil is all over YouTube and Twitter with her smart and hilarious commentary. She's especially known for the segment on YouTube, This Shouldn't Be News. The series has racked up millions of views. She addresses race, politics,
2: pop culture, hair, fashion, and comedy. Wait, we do
1: that. And she's younger than we are. Oh, crap. We're going to talk to Akilah about the challenges of working in the entertainment industry, the challenges of being a YouTuber, the challenges of being a black woman who's a YouTuber who works in the entertainment industry, all that and more. And also, we'll be discussing what the fuck is going on in this country right now. You know, the usual. I'm sorry, please stop shaking your head again. what we definitely won't do is we're not going to tell Akilah to stop shaking her head.
2: And we're still shaking our heads. It's all coming up on Politically Reactive.
1: Hey hurry, how's it going, man?
2: Uh, it's going all right. my health insurance got cut for no clear reason for like a month and a half, and I've been fighting to get it back, and I peeled it, right? so I get mm-hmm. the insurance back. It's still another two weeks before it's it's up and working and uh you know with the whole all I'm saying is it was really traumatic uh i I did not have a good experience with it, and I've been thinking, you know how uh you know we promote different things. What mm-hmm. if we started promoting Blue Cross Blue Shield on the show and I got free health insurance from that? <laughs> do they cuz sometimes we get free things every now and then. Why can't why can't instead of like, look, I, I th- those blue apron things, fine, I don't cook, but I I could use some health insurance. <laughs> I say we start promoting Blue Cross Blue Shield.
1: <laughs> So you're saying – I think what you're proposing is more of a bribe than a sponsorship.
2: It's not a bribe. This is just the way it works.
1: I think it's more likely that they will send you an application for Canadian citizenship. <laughs> I, want I think that, that's more likely.
2: I want that good insurance. <laughs> are,
1: are you are you a part of the uh, uh, Affordable Care Act or I Obamacare am, it's called? I am
2: part of, quote, unquote, Obamacare. I'll be honest. Obamacare is not very good. It's just <laughs> – <laughs> it's like it's the sad truth it's it, it, it kind of yeah. sucks but yeah. before there was nothing
1: well yeah kind of sucking is better, better than, than nothing a wor- wormhole into the abyss that right. also bankrupts you
2: right so like I I'm, yeah. I'm grateful for it. it got more people insured. there's yeah. no way for me to say it's good. I mean from the get-go with the website like the fact yeah. I call numbers where they ask me to leave a message and then it and afterwards it goes right back. To the same, me- it like never saves the message. It just goes back to asking, would you like to leave a message? It's crazy making. That's what it well, is, see- Kamau.
1: Well, see, I know – and here's what's happening right now. I know there are thousands of people listening to this who are going – who want to tweet at you, at Hari Kondabolu, that Obamacare has saved their life or the life of somebody they're related to or a friend of theirs or somebody they read about or that it has helped them in some significant way. And we we accept that. Yes, I accept that people will twist my words in
2: order to make the argument they want in all caps. I'm well aware of that. That's not
1: what I'm saying. That's That's not what I'm saying. That's what he's saying. And I think that the, that's the biggest problem with the healthcare debate in this country is that the Republicans are so crazy about it that it makes it hard for people on the left to be like I think we could fix this. I think right. this could be better. Right. <laughs> like, I think that like because they're so like we need to repeal and replace as opposed to you know there's a word for that it's called improve. You yes. could just improve. It's and I think everybody would be down for the improvement of the Affordable Care Act and you could name it Trump Care for all the hell anybody cares. Right. It just it needs to get better, but it's the it's the ripping out it's the, it's as if Ripping it apart and starting all over, and also at the same time, when we do that, we're not really going to be able to uh, ensure poor people, uh, including <laughs> poor white people, is that a problem? Is that a problem? Also, that precondition thing gotta go away. Oh, you can't really have any preconditions. We would just like healthy people on health insurance. <laughs> well, is that's that a problem. That's the, that's the issue, right? Because they want to
2: do evil stuff, but they don't want to look evil while they're doing it, and that's impossible.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yes.
2: really hard to be like we're not going to insure all these people if you have a pre-existing condition. Uh, you know, you're not going to get covered. But Obamacare sucks. I mean, you know, what they should yeah. do logically is just do the things that Obama initially proposed, like actually do the stuff the Democrats wanted and take credit for it. And or the they, stuff
1: that every industrialized country does. Like, right. It's not like just Obama and and Joe Biden and their friends. It's actually the stuff that every nation that has the equivalent, like you know, that is the equivalent of the United States as far as healthcare does. It's the, it's a the public option,
2: but they're you not going to do because it's diametrically opposed to decency.
1: So they're not going <laughs> to do it. Diametrically opposed to decency. I believe it's, the word is it's, indecent. <laughs> That is, that's true. There was a word for that, but I like diametrically opposed to decency because it sounds like, like, you know, Donald Trump and Jared Kushner's and, uh, Steve Bannon's like punk band, uh, (laughs) diametrically opposed to decency. Yeah. But You know what we should do? Here's the thing. We want to talk about the Affordable Care Act on this show, and we want to talk to people who, who know the insides and outs and also know about other countries. If you are listening to Politically Reactive and you either know all this stuff and want to come on and talk to us or you know somebody who should come on and talk to us, please tweet, a, tweet at us at hashtag Politically Reactive. Uh, tweet at us, hashtag Politically Reactive, to tell us who you know who knows the insides and outsides of the Affordable Care Act and also health care in other countries. Or you can email Hari directly he's stop at, which are young, me again? stop every everybody who wants to be on the show stop emailing me I will
2: there was nothing I can do for you please email politically reactive at firstlook.org politically reactive at firstlook.org proposals and whatnot you can keep sending to me but do not send <laughs> Proposals. A- a- asking me out on dates that's fine that's fine but do not I'm not interested in your client and your book just send it over to politically reactive dot org,
1: and then Max, our producer, will take care of it. I love the fact that somewhere a retired Barack Obama just had one glory tear go down. and goes, "You mean you never read my email? <laughs> I just like I just like your comedy, and I'd like, like to come on your show.
2: <laughs> like I del- I keep deleting Barack Obama's emails <laughs> exactly. the whole eight yeah, years, yeah. and I miss the ones that were actually to me about getting on the show.
1: He's even texting Joe Biden. You met him. You said he was cool. What's going on?
2: <laughs> uh, you know. Also, if we can get somebody who's British or Canadian on the show to call in, perhaps and find out what their system is like, that would oh, be yeah. nice to so get some on the ground. Preferably on the ground, uh, yeah. Canadian of color and, and Brit of color, but preferably,
1: okay. preferably. So Drake is what you, you want. Drake on the show to talk about healthcare.
2: <laughs> I want. I want Drake on the show to talk about healthcare and the fact that me and him should be daytime friends.
1: I, lo- I love the idea that we would get Drake on the show just to talk about Canadian healthcare. We wouldn't ask him about, <laughs> about his, his relationships or his new album or sure. mixtapes. It would be just to talk about healthcare. And if he tried to steer into that other territory, no, 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 no. Aubrey, we're just talking about Canadian healthcare. That's yeah, we'd have to
2: call about. him Aubrey. We'd have to. Yeah, yeah. just to remind
1: him you're here as a citizen of Canada, not as the hottest rapper in the world. So, yeah, so uh, as we're talking about this, we also want to say thank you to listening to the first episode of Season 2 of Politically Reactive uh, with uh, Patrice Cullors. That was There was a lot of great feedback there, and a lot of people seemed to dig it. And also, it was funny to see people go, this is my first time listening to Politically Reactive. I'm like, what? I thought everybody was already listening to it. Anyway, our guest today is Akilah Hughes. Uh, we've talked about her. She's a YouTuber. She's great. And I feel like not enough people know about her, so we're happy to have her on the show. She's fantastic. Here's Akila Hughes.
2: Welcome, Akila Hughes. Thanks for joining us on Politically Reactive.
0: Thanks, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Uh,
2: uh, some of you might know Kamau is in Berkeley right now, and I'm in New York uh, across from you at a table. And I, <laughs> I think this is good because both of us are millennials. Yeah. And so we can relate to each other <laughs> in a way that perhaps Kamau cannot relate to us. You're right, you're right. I am what they call an older millennial. <laughs> But, aging millennial. But we're still we're still in the same. So uh did did you see that episode of Family Ties last
0: night? <laughs> uh yes.
2: Yeah, right? It's so good. Alex P Keaton, <laughs> Alf. Watch some Alf after that. I'm relating
1: to young people.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel so related to.
1: I mean, relating <laughs> relating to my peer group, I mean. <laughs> I, why are you, how are you relating to her by using shows that I grew up watching? I don't understand how this Are works. they no
2: longer on the air?
1: <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, this is the thing, Akilah, you should know about Harry? He's a millennial, but he actually has way more in common with the baby boomer generation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just saw Star Wars recently. The
2: original three, they're really good. Oh, yeah. So good. Like, every, yeah, like everybody's them? grandmother. <laughs> I felt the loss of Carrie Fisher well after the fact. Yeah, same. So good.
0: So good. Oh, R.I.P.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah. thank you, Akilah, for coming. Of
0: course.
1: Do you get put into a lot of those things where they're like, where they're, your youth is a part of the story?
0: That's like 99% of it. I think you all might be the first people who aren't using me for my <laughs> wrinkle-free skin. <laughs> 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 well, no. Now you're old. <laughs> not,
1: no, no, I'm using you for your wrinkle-free skin, but just because it's black and it's wrinkle-free, not because of your age. That's
0: real. You know, I could good, be 100. Good black don't, don't know. crack.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is it frustrating that, that that your youth is part of the story? Do you feel like that's being, you know, overdone?
0: I mean, look, I'm just trying to be in the room. So, like, <laughs> whatever they find appealing enough about me, I'm like, great, sure, okay. My calves aren't terrible. I'm in. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> literally, whatever. <laughs> I'll settle. <laughs> do you act, do you
2: deal with ageism? Is that a, something that you have to deal with on a regular?
0: Like, Legitimately, yeah. I think that there aren't a lot of young-ish black women on TV. Like, you're either a kid, like the cool, really cute kids from Blackish, or you're like a mom. Like, people like black women don't exist in their twenties. They right. they just wow. they like disappear for a while. So I, yeah, all of my auditions are like, you're a hundred. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're playing Opposite Stabler, and I'm like, I don't think so. so."
2: You are playing the first ever
1: black woman. (laughs) Very true. Yeah, you do have that look that you, I could see you being cast in some movie as like a high school freshman in a way that was awkward for people who are like, she ain't a
0: freshman. Exactly. I didn't look like that shit in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> my dream is to be the like really old <laughs> person in a high school drama but people just have to go with it
1: like when they re-reboot 90210 <laughs> you'd be the new freshman in town
0: yes oh my god those people did look so old
1: and, and I want to ask you a question about that because I think one of your your twitter is on fire which I love it <laughs> thank uh, you and you tweeted at one point being mad at someone younger than you for quote unquote not paying their dues is a funny way to admit jealousy. Were you, were you <laughs> subtweeting us? <laughs> Come on, I think she was so subtweeting us.
0: No, <laughs> oh, I was subtweeting someone else for sure. Um, <laughs> not, not you all. But yeah, no, I feel like I, I have a lot of people in the world circle <laughs> on Twitter or whatever who are like, you don't deserve what you have because you're not 35. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> y'all, yeah, I'm going to need to eat this year. So you just got to get over it.
1: So uh, let, let's ask you. Start with the thing that we sort of we had already booked you. So I want people to know that we didn't go, the, the, you know, the the hashtag last week, Black Women at Work didn't happen. We we need a Black woman. Uh, we had already booked you to come in today, and so it just sort of was the timing was perfect, as we say in a sad way. Oh, Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's a perfect. But cover what did,
1: that. what did you get out of seeing that go down, and what were your thoughts on it?
0: Uh, I mean, I wasn't surprised. If anything, I'm just so tired. Are you all tired? Like <laughs> it seems like every day there's just a new news story about some racist white person saying something fucked up about black people. And I'm just like, man, remember? What, like, I miss those moments where it was shocking. <laughs> like, wasn't that a good time in my life when mean, I was, when, like, surprised. when you were the
2: first ever black woman? <laughs> yeah. Is that went before everything? Yes, so I was like,
0: what, you don't like me because of my skin? And then <laughs> now I'm like, oh, great, more of it. I mean, I don't know if it's gotten worse, but I do think that it just seems so much more egregious after the election, like... Like get it together.
2: I mean, in terms of hashtag activism, by the way, me using that phrase dates me. It makes me yeah, m- isn't
0: it slacktivism? Is that, is that
2: the is that what they're calling Is that what they are calling it right now?
0: <laughs> the youth. The youth. I mean
2: have you I mean, how does it work and how does it fail?
0: I mean, I think Okay, so I'm of the belief that, like, awareness is in ways helpful. I mean, it's the only thing that can be helpful because most people aren't going to, like, throw money or, like, st- like vote with their money or really change anything about their lives. People don't like to be inconvenienced. But being aware of, you know, like Bill O'Reilly being a piece of trash and, like, <laughs> things like that, like, it does matter. I think the more people – who are, like, you know, calling for his head and, you know, he's got a million problems at this <laughs> point. This is not his week uh, in the history of Bill O'Reilly and Fox News. They've, they've had better weeks. But I think people knowing, uh, it, it at least spreads it. And maybe, you know, I think more important people, which is a horrible way of phrasing it, but I think that people who have, you know, huge followings or the more attention they can attract to it, the more likely people are going to, like, stop watching and be embarrassed that they watch.
2: Right, and and you have Bill O'Reilly in a in a public way for a bunch of people who might not know who he is because you have a lot of younger people on Twitter, and they're like, "Oh, I don't know much about Bill O'Reilly, but I know I hate him."
0: Yes, and that's that's (laughs) fine with me. That's like still ten out of ten.
1: Yeah,
0: right. The least we can ask of people is that they all like agree that he sucks. (laughs) Right,
1: right, right. It sounds like it's like a public service announcement.
0: Yeah, every day
1: Americans (laughs) walk around not knowing that Bill O'Reilly is trash. Can you talk
0: to your teens about how much Bill O'Reilly sucks.
1: <laughs> talk to your teen before it's too late. Talk to your talk to your white in-laws before it's too late.
0: Real,
2: it's time to pick them up and throw them out. <laughs> <laughs> so true,
0: but yeah, I guess the way it fails is that, like, I mean, I don't know if there is an action that people in the public sphere can take to get rid of Bill O'Reilly right. <laughs> so much as they can just tweet about it. But yeah, I mean, I guess. The better thing would be like let's march on Fox News and like get him the right. fuck out of there forcefully. But you know it's it doesn't happen. So I guess that's kind of a bummer. Is that like it doesn't? There's not an action.
1: And when you see like you know last week like the Bill O'Reilly thing with Maxine Waters, which feels like that's the last person you need to come for Bill O'Reilly. That's just like you really you need to have done a lot of intellectual sit ups where you come for Maxine Waters. Yeah. But uh, but when you see that go with Maxine Waters, then you see it happen with like the April Ryan with Sean Spicer. Stop shaking your head. You know and you're and you're a black woman who is in media and who wants yeah. to make a long career in media and you want to end up like those two women like who are in around it for a long time what how does it make you feel about the career you've chosen
0: it's it's just frustrating i mean i feel like you i feel like i see a lot of progress in terms of traditional media and when i watch like Te- television like it seems like it's getting better and there is more diversity and then you see things like that where it's like oh well the gatekeepers or the people who have the longest careers or and are making the most money are still old white people who are just like assholes
2: Hold up wait a minute
1: So according to the Women's Media Center in a study called Divided 2017 the media gender gap men dominate the US media no surprise Apparently, according to the study, men receive 62% of byline and other credits in print, internet, TV, and wire news. Women receive around 38%, according to the study, from Women's Media Center. So, dudes, shut the fuck up. Stop it. Jesus. Enough. Actually, I should stop talking right now.
0: It's frustrating because it doesn't bode well like if we can get to 2017 (laughs) and have like women being like black women being told like don't look at me this way (laughs) publicly it's like are you kidding me like I I don't wish that I had a different career but I do feel like I have to change it, and I don't know how I personally change it aside from coming on your show and being like, "I hate it."
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would have happened two years ago. I feel like there's an empowerment of, yeah. as if they, as if like wealthy white people need more empowerment, but like <laughs> to say the stuff they would normally say behind closed doors, like yeah. the Sean Spicer thing. I mean, that is a that is just
0: absolutely crazy. Don't
2: shake your head. That's
0: just. Yeah, Awful. Like, <laughs> she rolled her eyes at me. That girl. R- <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, it's just so. It is. It's a weird resurgence of, like, 1950s white power where it's like, right. all right, guys, now that Trump's in office, we're going to take our. We're going to put our clan hoods back on. Well, The
2: Bill O'Reilly thing w- was absurd to me because, like, Oh, this is what we think you say behind closed doors. Yeah. Did you know the camera was on? Because we just assume you're always saying stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Like, he just, he really does seem to be, like, on a tear. Which, again, I don't know if he's aware that there are cameras. Right. Or that his hair sucks, also. <laughs>
1: Or he can't get over his hair sucking. But the other yeah. thing that we have to—that I think is so interesting—is that he 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 knew a camera was on. In fact, he was so confident. And this is, speaks to the Trump thing that the white men, old rich white men, feel like it's my time finally, as if it hasn't been their time <laughs> since the dawn of this country. Uh, but then he, there's a middle, in the middle of the clip, he goes, Do you have a picture of James Brown? He actually is trying to produce oh, his insult. God. He's trying to produce his racism. Like, yeah. bring me a picture of James Brown so I can really make this racism like, go viral. <laughs> He's
0: like, I gotta sell this bit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look at it and like, we're all just like, No, no, still no.
1: <laughs> it's, it's really a testament to the people who work at Fox that nobody went and put up a picture of James Brown. You know, somebody was in the booth like, Are we really gonna do that? Are we yeah. really gonna do that?
0: He's like, Oh, suddenly my internet doesn't work. I can't find a picture of I'm so sorry, Bill. <laughs> can you describe it for us in detail? I, I can imagine
2: that the people working in like behind the scenes are probably a bunch of liberal people who just needed media
0: jobs. Exactly. They're like, Get "My foot in the door, and it's like, like oh. I'm just gonna lay low." But I am not yeah. doing that. Can't,
2: can't find the image, Bill. Sorry, can't find it. It's stuck on yeah, the internet you know, somewhere.
1: Because you know who gets fired? It's not Bill O'Reilly. It's the it's the intern who pulled up the picture of Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> you have to go. Yes. How dare you?
0: Exactly right.
1: What would you say are examples of good media media that's out there that you really like and support other than it's Aquila obviously, which we've <laughs> talked about a lot but what are good what are examples of good media either on t v or in you know or that you support or on, online other youtubers that you think people should check out?
0: ooh uh there's so many things i mean i'm I'm just a fan of like great quality television, so I gotta say Atlanta is still to me just so hilarious and so off the wall and so um not like a standard writer's room or anything so the fact that they were able to make a show (laughs) that's that pervasive and funny I can't I can't say I can't tell people to watch it enough I think it's so great Um, and like Mr. Robot but who doesn't love Mr. Robot (laughs) it's just such a great show it just looks so good like if you like looking at TV not necessarily understanding it like Mr. looking at TV. You. <laughs> do you like looking at TV, but you don't really care what's up there? Then <laughs> Mr. Robot
1: is the show for you.
0: Exactly. If you want to put it on mute but still be wild, that's fine. <laughs> you know, we all do what we can. Um, in terms of the internet, I mean, I feel like there's so much good, interesting content Um, I'm gonna, like, kick myself for not knowing, like, a good web series to think of. There's one called, like, Saltfish and Aki, which I feel like no one ever talks about. It's these English black girls, and they're so funny. I can't really understand a lot of what they're saying, (laughs) because they have that, like, real deep cockney, uh, whatever that is. But I still, like, they're very funny. They're, they're sort of in the same vein as Chewing Gum on Netflix, which I also love.
2: I love, I love your video so much. Thanks! I I love what you do, and I also think it's, you know, I, I think Kamau and I also, uh, are testament to this idea that like you got to do it yourself if they're not going to give it to you. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it absolutely felt like you had to do it yourself. I think we have both had various dreams and yeah. like mainstream kinds of things right. as a, as a comic, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I mean, uh, this was a dream too. Yeah. The podcast, but but <laughs> this also, is your only <laughs> dream. Just admit it. There were like cable and network dreams before this, and and. You know, you have to do it yourself, and then they they come for you, yeah. in a good way. they yeah. give you money, not because it's time. it's just it's like we want your money, yes. you're producing money, so we want some of that money Real. and And not only are you making great con- like great content just in terms of visually, and it's funny, I mean, I saw a video about intersectionality, and oh, I'm man. like, this is fantastic, right?
0: yeah, oh man, I'm like blushing I mean, <laughs> like go up I mean, the
2: intersectionality <laughs> and pizza one
0: in fact, cheese pizzas were like. Hey, Deluxe Pizza, we're going to get to your rights, but only after we achieve ours. And so now there are tons of videos and articles that talk about how cheese pizza's tired of being told by burgers to shave their crust, and how cheese pizza's getting called all these slurs because of what they choose to put in their pie hole. Deluxe pizzas would love the privilege to care about things so menial.
2: I remember watching it the first time and being, like, frustrated because I'm like, oh, does it really come to this? Yeah. Does it really? And then then I'm like, oh, it's so basic. And at the end of it, like, No. It's necessary. It's so necessary. It's as because it's the stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. Like you know, and you're like kind of educating the audiences that I need. Yeah. Because like they they don't know what intersectionality is. They have no. And it's like a, it's like I'm watching. I'm like you realize they're talking about uh, white people and people of <laughs> color or straight people and yeah. you know you you do understand cis people and, and yeah. You no, know, nobody sees this. Of course, nobody sees this. <laughs> exactly. That's why you're using pizza.
0: Yeah. Exactly. You gotta you gotta talk about pizza and burgers for people to be interested. They're like I heard food and I'm like, yes now that you're in let's talk about it yeah it's weird it's i think that's like maybe hopefully if i die you know in a crazy blaze of fire that'll be my legacy <laughs> it's like she at least taught one person <laughs> what her sectionality was fantastic i do my best
1: and you also had the video where you where you decided to come for <laughs> you said her name in so many different ways tommy tommy lauren
0: yeah yeah Tony Lobotomy, Toby Leguire, Tabby Lexus, Facebook's favorite Nazi Barbie, Tammy Lohan. Oh God, she's the worst.
1: And it seems like your it seems like your video partially took her down because she sort of has disappeared. She got fired from uh, the blaze. Yeah, like two uh, weeks
0: later and I got angry because I didn't have another video planned and I really could have kept it going. <laughs> there are endless T&L combinations to really just, you know, rail into her. I wanted to kick her while she was down, but she'll probably have a show by the time I film it again. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking by of going the time down
1: in a blaze. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jokes. So good.
1: And with the pun, yes. Uh... <laughs> So there's a part of that that like you know I would I, I would I've been in this position where you you don't want to compare yourself to other people but also you see Tommy Lauren or as you called her I can't remember you had a g- bunch of great names for Tommy Lauren uh, teriyaki
0: uh, lentils <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: as you that you see teriyaki lentils like go like trending and people talking about it and her videos on YouTube and you're out there and she's really just inciting people and you're out there putting out work Yeah. and I feel like a lot of times we talk about like you know there was a narrative I'm sure you remember this from like a year ago where there was this talk of like how come there's not black women in yes. media doing the kind of things that Tommy Lauren is doing and meanwhile you're like have you been to my YouTube channel?
0: It's so funny because the world will complain endlessly that, like, why is there never any good news? Why don't we lift each other up? And then I'm like, where are y'all at? <laughs> I've been making videos for years.
1: Hey, everyone. We'll be back with Akilah in a second. We're just going to take a quick break. All right. Back to Aquila. I read somewhere that you said that one of your goals was to be, like, the anchor on Weekend Update.
0: Yeah. That's always it- been my endgame. game. <laughs>
1: I mean, it seems like you're. It seems like every video you're auditioning for. You're basically looking at me at a desk with a blazer on, like you know, like talking about the news.
0: Yeah, I mean, like to like the like the most honest way of putting it is because there's no way to just get those auditions. You have to basically, like all my work is a portfolio. I never see it as like this is a thing I thought would be cool and just for me. I'm like, nah, somebody's got to see this shit. <laughs> I'm cool, guys. I'm all right. Please let me sit next to Michael Che. I could do it.
1: Oh, nice. I like, the, I like that you let Michael Chase stay and Colin has to go. I appreciate oh. that.
0: <laughs> I just feel like there's never been two black people a <laughs> you know weekend No. Let's now, just see what happens.
1: Well, that's the thing I wanted to ask you about because I think it's, you know, like I certainly do this math sometimes. Like, and certainly with my career, there's a point at which I was inspired to do comedy by Starting Out Live. And that got to the point in my career, I was like, there is literally no way I will ever be a cast member of Starting Out <laughs> Live just because the path I've taken has taken me so far away from there. That at a certain point, in fact, if they were to say, it's your job, I'd be like, I don't think I should take it, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, not for me, not for
0: me. <laughs>
1: yeah, just like, I i don't want to be staying up all night writing comedy. I got two kids. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, I so, think like, that is part of the fear.
1: <laughs> now, do you – so do you – I mean, and also, there's the other thing. As a black woman, like, there was a point in which Saturday Night Live had no black women, and it was a national story. Yeah. And then they got – and then they uh, hired Sashir, and they got one, and then they got Leslie, and now that's two – and is there anything where you're like, they're not gonna have three? Oh, like, for do sure. I? Do you basically have to like wait for somebody to like, die, <laughs> you know, or age or, like, out or move you,
0: Yeah, I mean, they're not. Yeah, I didn't more- want to
1: say die, but you said die. Yes, okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I hope they all live forever, but you know, yes. the thing is, I don't think that they're gonna age anybody out. I. Yeah, I think about it a lot, and it's sort of that way on every network. Like, I feel like it's bad on Saturday Night Live because it's like there's two, and, like, you know that's, like, for them, that's as many as are going to have. Like, right, they right. won't <laughs> even have another black female host until they get rid of one of them because they're like, I don't get it. There's too many. Now we have, like, way too many Michelle Obamas. I guess. Um,
1: that's funny to think that Beyonce would be like, I'd like to host. I'm sorry, Beyonce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we exactly. Like, we're so sorry, B, but it's just uh, it's a little deep <laughs> in the melanin right now.
2: God, Aziz is the first South Asian that probably stepped in that building. Yeah. How absurd is easily, that? Easily, easily. Yeah.
0: And then I think about, like, HBO, where, I mean, I'm writing, like, narrative stuff, and they have a show now, and they're not going to have, like, two black shows. <laughs> like, you know it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Even yeah. if they're, like, the most different shows in the world. And, like, even with, you know, Comedy Central, I I don't know if there's space on The Daily Show, but, like, since Jessica left, I feel like they're like, well, that was as good as we'll do for the young black uh, population. Like, hey. no more young black women. We're done. <laughs> We did
1: our duty. Well, they they just hired uh, uh, Gina Yashere, who's not. I don't think she's as young as Jessica. Oh, they yeah. hired Gina.
0: That's
1: fantastic. I didn't even hear that. Wow, oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, she's great. But I do agree with you. I was like, I was stunned because I was like, wait a minute, that's two people with accents on the Daily Show. This is a whole <laughs> yeah, that's different show. That is
0: funny. I didn't even think about that. That's
1: like, but I think it's like, I think in some sense, I was like, oh, that shows that he's doing the way he he's doing it the way he wants to do it because I'm sure there was somebody like, but she's not even American, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I would imagine that that's got to be frustrating to look around. Like, you know, there was a brief period where Comedy Central was going black to black with, <laughs> with uh, Trevor Noah and Larry Wilmore. And yeah. I was like, that's not going to last. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: and only and one did stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Do you feel like, I mean, when you sit back and go, here's what I do with my career, Do, do you? how do you approach that when you go, okay, they have two black women starting to do live? You, do you, is that still a goal or is it like something where you sort of, well, let's put that on the back burner? Or do you still like, I'm going to get there?
0: I mean, for me, like I, I, you know, New York is so expensive. I can't dwell for too long. Uh. I'm like, all right, get a job, Akilah. Um And so I, I mean, I think it's something that could still happen in the future, but I've long since stopped trying to <laughs> like get them to notice me. Uh, you know, brand deals are fine; they pay the bills for now. So I will just make little <laughs> branded videos and content on the internet every now and then. And hopefully, one day, I'll actually get a show somewhere. I mean, I think a place that is doing it well and doing it right is, like, Netflix. Like, they're just, like because people will watch anything on Netflix. Not to say that, like, I can only exist somewhere where people will watch anything. (laughs) But I feel like it just gives them the opportunity to have so much more diversity because they're not worried, like, "Uh uh-oh, we went too black. They're like, well, guess what? We have 800 other shows. Well, they also
2: target (laughs) the audiences that also make the most sense for the performer. Like, they use what I've heard are algorithms (laughs) to... To figure that out. So it it maximizes your audience and it it finds an audience. You know, it's interesting because the mainstream, uh, I think for a lot of us, won't give us easy access, right? So you have to do it yourself. And so you did it yourself and you make these incredible videos. And then... BuzzFeed ripped you off. <laughs> so can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? Because I mean, sometimes it's kind of a familiar, oh, a person of color makes something new and interesting. Oh, there you go. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Free,
0: low-hanging fruit for you guys, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so messed up. Yeah. I mean, that, essentially- Wow,
1: Chuck Berry. That rock and roll is so interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can we borrow that for the rest of time? Exactly. Mm, we're going to try to make some peanut butter called Jif, but we're just going to try it out. But <laughs> so thanks again. Thank you for your contribution <laughs> to culture. We're going to put Pe- white people on the commercial. People are... Are googling
2: people are googling. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's real. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty egregious. And the thing is, I I am a little bit ashamed because I noticed it happening with other people and it didn't bother me. And then it was like, oh damn, <laughs> <laughs> they like took my stuff. Um, and so. Yeah, I mean, it's a big-ass corporation, like, owned by, like, a white dude and who, like, wrote me a letter back after I was like, stop stealing our stuff. Who was basically like, we're all on the internet, so we, we own it. And I'm like, that's... that's what? Th- are you say- that's That was the argument, is we all work in the same space. I'm doing air quotes. The same space. And I'm like, I don't work at BuzzFeed. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? So because we all are on the internet, like, intellectual property doesn't exist. That's absurd. <laughs> Like, so, see, basically,
2: okay, I've seen we're my, like We're all in
1: these streets.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I may have heard about a thing.
2: <laughs> well, see, I've seen bits that, like, I feel like like I've done. I'm like, wait a second. That sounds like, wait, who's the writer on that? Oh, they were at my... Sh- okay. Exactly, they follow <laughs> me online. Like, I get what's happening. And I've seen stuff that, like, you know, Kamau's old show Totally Buys mm-hmm. that I used to write for. I'm like, hey that seems vaguely familiar to the show that's not on the air anymore that I used to be a part of. And it's, to me, that's like, that's clearly some kind of ethical violation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, legality, that's a separate thing. I mean, the legality thing, I think, even more so with yours, because it's almost at times shot by shot for shot.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Like, there have been many times where I'm like, well, that looks exactly like it. And the thing is, even having this, like, video about it, writing this huge, like, petition, but even still, like, in the past two weeks, they've ripped me up. And I'm like, how are you still ripping me up? Oh. Yeah. It's like there's nothing you can do about it except for like people commenting being like, this was better when I saw it on Aquila's channel. But theirs has millions of views and mine has like 10,000 or something. So but I'm if, like, OK.
2: But eventually a white dude will notice uh, the, the the fact that they're copying you and then write uh, a, a large blog entry that will go viral. <laughs>
0: yes. And then people start to feel sorry for me and maybe their sorry will come with money. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's what it yeah. takes. I really hope so. Come on, where you at, white dudes? <laughs> Learn to write right Learn <laughs> to <laughs> Pick up a pen. Pick up a
1: keyboard. Maybe, maybe you need to write the blog, and then a uh, the white dude will steal it and say he wrote it.
0: <laughs> that's actually probably the only way this will get solved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny.
1: Your, your, I like that. Your sorries need to come with money. <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
0: Can we like America. make a weird like website where we just sell good ideas to white people? Oh, <laughs> that's... <All vets. laughs> Oh my God. But we don't
2: post the. You have to pay for it.
0: Yes.
1: Right. Oh, that's it. You have to pay for it in advance. You have to pay. we just post black person with a good idea. How much do you want to pay for it? let like, white guy's auction for it. The like next big thing.
0: Yes,
2: that's yeah. the website.
0: They're like dabbing. Oh, I get it now.
1: <laughs> and of course, there's going to be
2: a bunch of things that are bad ideas that you just got to make. Them yeah, for right. That's just how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: not everything's going to land. Okay,
2: we, we don't know. Smashing your head against a wall when you're happy. Are
0: you sure <laughs> this will be something that takes off? Listen, I saw it in Philadelphia. It's going to be
2: big. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about BuzzFeed for a second. In January 2015, Akila put out a video called How to Be an Introvert. About a year later, BuzzFeed had a video called The Perfect Weekend for an Introvert. And if you look at those videos, it's pretty clear that BuzzFeed's video took at the very least inspiration from Aquila's video, if not outright stole punchlines and visual images from Aquila's video. So Akilah started an online petition at Change.org called Ask Advertisers to Stop Supporting BuzzFeed's Videos Idea Theft. She also had a hashtag called StopBuzzThieves, and you can check those out online and check out how many people also had opinions on that. And other creators, not just Akilah, but other creators say BuzzFeed took their work too, including food writer Jay Lopez Kenji Alt, uh, the comedy group Creature, and vloggers Bria Cam and Chrissy Chambers. In response, co-founder of BuzzFeed Jonah Peretti told the Washington Post in a phone interview, We support independent creators and want to do more to support them and collaborate with them. Uh, does collaborate mean take wholesale and change slightly? Here's the real story here. Even though the internet should be accessible to all, that does not mean that the content is just spontaneously created and free to all. People are making that stuff. So if you see these videos go around... Maybe do some research and find out if you're watching the original. If somebody sends you a BuzzFeed video about something, why don't you just Google that idea and see if somebody else did it better first. Uh, I have a question. This is sort of, I mean, I think I always think about this about YouTubers. You don't have to get into the specifics, but is there a way to make a living on, off of YouTube? Like, is there so, I, I know some people can, I get it. If you, po- if you post a viral video of your kid on, after he comes home from the dentist and you turn it into t-shirts and <laughs> it gets 40, but I get that. But I mean like as, sort of like, what I would like to say, in comedy there's like a middle class of stand-up comedians where it's yeah. like they're making a living they're not rich, but they're making a living. Is that does that are you at a, is that a level that you're at on YouTube where you are where it's actually like able to pay your you know you're able to make a living?
0: Yeah, oh for sure. I would say that it doesn't come from YouTube directly. Like <laughs> I was looking at my my AdSense money from last year, and it was like a thousand dollars, and I'm like that's not enough <laughs> to live on. <laughs> but like all of the money that I you know like I make my money from. Specifically, like brand deals on YouTube. So, you know, uh, I don't uh, like Honda will be like, hey, do you want to do a video? We'll give you $10,000. And you go, yeah. (laughs) And so I just make a video of me driving poorly in New York. And I'm like, there it is. (laughs) That's that money, finally. We can eat again. And so, yeah, it's just basically whenever, and those come through like my agent, like I have an agent now, which is cool. But, yeah, I mean, there's a way to do it, but it's definitely – like, unless you're daily vlogging and you, like, have a really cute kid or a dog or something, (laughs) you're not going to be making a million dollars on YouTube.
2: Kamal and I often uh, get asked, especially nowadays, like, have things changed for you because of the Trump era? Like, do you have to write differently? Like, are your goals different? I'm sure you get the same question with your videos. I mean, so how do you address that question? And are you doing something differently?
0: I mean, I think that I have always been super direct, which <laughs> maybe is part of the reason why I don't get as many brand deals as some other people. <laughs> like, if I only just talked about cleaning my house, I'd probably have more money. But um, I've I've always been pretty, like, heavy-handed, but specifically with uh, the series This Shouldn't Be News, which I used to do at Fusion, and it was really pulling from headlines. Uh, I decided, like, right after the election, well, I'm like, that show's got to come back because—I uh, mean, it was on Fusion, so not a lot of people were watching it, <laughs> but, like— now I was like, you know what? I don't care if people don't see it. If I don't put out content that is very much calling him out, like, to his face, and, like, specifically policies that are happening and things that are just, you know, I disagree with, then, like, what am I really doing? Because I'm not, like, I'm not going to be young and cute forever, so it's not like I'm going to keep getting stuff just for those reasons. <laughs> like, eventually someone's going to be like, okay, well, do you have a point of view about anything? And I have a really strong one, I'm and... It's been very successful on Twitter. In Twitter, you could just say the thing because it's quick and easy. It's in the middle of the night. Maybe you're a little stoned. But like on on YouTube, it's a whole production. And so I've just had to like set aside money to be like, we're going to shoot this in a studio and make it look nice so people actually want to share it. But I'm going to go after this administration for all of the things that they're doing that are just absurd.
1: My follow-up question to that is, you know, a lot when you go after Trump or people who support Trump or people who are in that universe, you can also deal with. Pushback that is just sort of people insulting you. But you can also, like Leslie Jones ended up sort of getting really sort of attacked online in a way that she had to shut it down for a minute. Have you experienced any of that and are you afraid of that?
0: Um, I mean, I'm not super afraid of it and that might just be ignorance. <laughs> Like, maybe I should be afraid. I also feel like, you know, like, the scariest thing anybody could do is, like, dox you. But I'm like, okay, well, I live in a building in Brooklyn where, like, everybody's been there for 30 years. Like, come, like, play on, like, you know, knock on the doors and see who's going to come out. It's not going to be me. It's going to be some really angry old person. Um, So I'm not worried about anybody coming to find me. Or like, you know, uh, I have like one nude on my phone and I keep it because before I had liver surgery and my body looked great. (laughs) So (laughs) I hope it gets leaked. Leak it.
1: (laughs) Be (laughs) careful. Be careful.
0: Right. Uh, There might be something else embarrassing there. Who knows? Um, But I'm not super worried about it. But I haven't experienced it to that degree. So I can't say that like she's like she's just a wimp. Like, no, like that. They really were kind of trying to ruin her life. Um, I've experienced people posting my videos to like Reddit and like 4chan specific places where people just like it's a bunch of teenagers who have a lot of free time and they show mm-hmm. up and they leave endless comments and they thumbs down and like you can always tell it was from Reddit or like 4chan because they think that a thumbs down really matters to you uh, like they're like look how many dislikes and I'm like I never look at the dislikes <laughs> <Like, laughs> is it a lot I mean <laughs> is it, they're not going to take the video down um, but it's definitely happened way more since I started being even more directly political on my YouTube channel. I had a video called, you should punch, you should always punch Nazis or something like that. Oh yeah,
2: that'll get you started. Yep, yeah. yep. The
0: internet has been abuzz the past few weeks about this video of famed white supremacist douchebag Richard Spencer getting punched and then proceeding to cry like a baby ass wimp boy while being interviewed about his idiotic cartoon frog pen. It, that's like one of the most popular videos on my channel and like all the comments are <laughs> I just don't even read them anymore. I'm like, that's cool. We'll just turn off that functionality and move it along.
2: Who do you love of your peers who are making like video blogs Ooh. who actually talk about stuff?
0: Ooh, um... Who actually talk about stuff the thing is like i wouldn't say that there's that many who at least do it regularly right um i this is not a peer unless i we, i can we pretend that i'm a peer with like keith olverman i think his gq <laughs> show is so good yeah i don't know if oh, you've yeah. seen it the resistance but it's killer yeah um but we're not really peers <laughs> um, i think like in general i would say i'm kind of disappointed there aren't a lot of people that i can think of that are talking about like, I guess, like, specifically political issues. Like, I think that Francesca Ramsey is doing a pretty good job doing that show for MTV, Decoded. Because, um, mm-hmm. I like, she's covering issues that, like, again, people just don't know anything about. And yeah. so they just need to be, like, basic education of, like, this is why touching people without asking them is racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> pretty straightforward. Um, so I think that that's great. And I... I guess I'm excited by people who never talk about it, and then they'll do like a video where they're like, I just want you to know I'm not okay with this thing. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I don't know if you've heard of this girl Amani. She runs this like huge website called Muslim Girl, and she's just been everywhere. She was at South by Southwest doing a talk. They covered her in the New York Times recently, um, but she does really great work, and it's like the largest uh, online community of like just Muslim women talking about Muslim issues. And I think like she was kind of the catalyst for Muslim Women's Day that happened a week ago. But she's been you know very forthright with you know what she's working on and what she's trying to do, and I just think she's awesome. Hold up,
2: wait a minute. Now just to show some more love to the creators that Akila mentioned, you should know Amani al Alkutabe who started muslimgirl.net. Also check out Aki and Saltfish at www.a-c-k-e-e-a-n-d-saltfish.co.uk. It stars Michelle Tio and Vanessa Babirie, and it was written and directed by Cecile Emke. And, of course, Francesca Ramsey, who does the incredible Decoded series, who will be on a future episode of the show because we love her. Hi, Francesca.
1: Oh, my God. We love you.
2: You went to uh, Berea College. I did. In Berea, Kentucky. <laughs> sure did. Uh, when you were, uh, a lot of people know this, but I happen to be friends with Bell Hooks. Yeah? Yes. Hey. Is, is Bell it's, was And Bell... it may
1: be more than friends someday, the way they're talking <laughs> about
0: it. <laughs> you guys are like besties. I love Bell. Oh, my gosh. I uh, Bell it's,
2: It is very strange to look down on my phone and Bell Hooks is calling. Oh, my gosh. All or- lowercase. Yeah, she's the best. Wow. Wow. But did you – was she there when you were there? She
0: was. She was the writer in residence. Did and you so Did you
2: get to know her at all?
0: I had one crossover episode. <laughs> I was in the crosswalk, very late to class, looking like a mess. And the teacher was late to that class, and <laughs> he was standing with her, and he introduced And I had, like – I would just gotten this retainer, so I was, like, all messed up looking. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, my God, Bill And so I passed her office a lot. It was in the building that my, like, mass communications teachers were in <laughs> and stuff. Um and so we read her books in every class. Like, apparently, like, <laughs> that school was just, like, all about it, which I get. It. Right, like, I love right. her. Um, <laughs> but, like, literally, it didn't matter. Like, we were, like, in a science class. So, like, we're going to read <laughs> is <"Seminismus> for everybody. <laughs> and we're like, all right, let's just do it. Like, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So, yeah, she's cool. She's, like, amazing. Hold up.
2: Wait a minute. Bell Hooks is the distinguished professor in residence in Appalachian Studies at Berea College. She has chosen the lowercase pen name Bell Hooks based on the names of her mother and grandmother to emphasize the importance of the substance of her writing as opposed to who she is. She is the author of over 30 books, many of which have focused on issues of social class, race, gender, and love. Her latest book is entitled Belonging, A Culture of Place. Also, I am friends with her. If you want, you can go on YouTube and you can see a video of Bell and I having a public conversation at St. Norbert's College. Uh, it was really fun, and there's a lot of flirting. So if you're a big fan of uh, flirting, watch that video.
1: Harry. if you're so close with Bell Hooks, why haven't we had Bell Hooks on the show? Uh, because I don't feel like it. Hmm. Hear that, fans of Hari and Company? doesn't feel like making a, your show better.
2: Okay, first of all, we'd have to I'd have to reach her. It always takes forever to reach her because she's bell hooks. And then we'd have to figure out a time, coordinate. She doesn't text, uh, she doesn't check email. Her Twitter is not even controlled by her. Um to, to arrange the only way I could imagine this working is if you and I agreed to go to Berea College and interview her in person, which I think we should do.
1: Alright, let's do that then.
2: Okay. Ah, crap! That puts me on the hook.
0: If you're listening, Belle, um, (laughs) I wish we had met more frequently.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll let her know. Let her know. And how did you end up coming, being brought to this kind of work? Like as a kid, what were you interested in? That you know, how did you end up pursuing this career?
0: Oh man! I mean, for me, like comedy and writing and everything was something that i i liked doing like i did speech and drama in high school and like i only was good at the comedy events like (laughs) with improv it's improv duo and we just we we were awesome but we like sucked at the dramatic part i'm like that's just (laughs) i guess that's not me um but it was mostly, you know, I watched a ton of Saturday Night Live. I think I had a very specific sense of humor just because I was the youngest, and my I had, like, a brother and then, like, two other sisters, and so him being the only man in the house, like, just gave me endless fodder for jokes. Um, <laughs> it was just like he just couldn't figure it out. Um, and then, yeah, I, honestly, this is going to sound, like, trite, but I read Tina Fey's book, and then I read Mindy Kaling's book, and... Tina's was like go do like improv and I'm like cool I'll go to Chicago and then Minnie Kaling's was like don't go to Chicago go to New York and I'm like cool so I guess I'm gonna do that and I, I honestly just moved here with that mo um the YouTube thing was something that I just started doing in college <laughs> because we were bored and so we were making all kinds of sketch comedy stuff that like we get a thousand views but we'd be the coolest kids on campus <laughs> and everyone be like quoting our dumb video yes. um and that just I got lucky <laughs> that that became a thing people cared about <laughs>
2: One of the, one of my favorite videos of yours is the racial discussion fatigue syndrome. <laughs> yeah. uh, can you can you t- like explain that video to people, and also how do you deal with it?
0: Oh man, so yeah, racial discussion fatigue syndrome is a video that's very specifically about that moment where you are t- you're just tired from like telling pe- like explaining to people why things are racist or why they're offensive or like asking people to stop being dicks, and so you get to a point where you're just angry and you're responding to things like almost irrationally, like. There are people that, you know, if they're on your Facebook and they're, like, racist and you're still explaining things to them, just delete them. Like, <laughs> I don't know why people don't do it. So, like, I mean, but there was a long time when I didn't, and I thought that people were, like, I can save them. Like, uh, I, I can make them believe that I'm a, a person, and um, that's not always true. <laughs> and so, yeah, I the video was kind of, like, okay, are you dealing with the symptoms of, like, feeling like you're talking to a wall that's, like, really just, like, a white toilet about, like, how, how like, black lives <laughs> <laughs> matter? Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Are you talking to a white? Oh, it's oh my true. god. It's That's true. so good. toilet bowl way. so
0: <laughs> Then, yeah, you probably have racial discussion fatigue syndrome or RDFS. Look, times are hard and lots of people are legitimately stupid. I realize that, like, for me, it is. it comes down to, like, you can either explain to them and, like, zing them hard on Twitter or you just delete them. Like, I know people who are like, I'll give them a mute because I don't want to give them the satisfaction of blocking. And I'm like, I don't care if they're satisfied right. if I never see them again. <laughs> like, <laughs> block Catch that block, catch it hard. If like, it, I don't mind. If it's going to happen, catch I feel like... Catch that block, <laughs> catch that block. Open your arms for this block, because I am done. Yeah, I, I, I don't get paid to educate some people.
2: <laughs> I feel like, like, 14 to 21, there's still a chance. Oh, and you that's, think so? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> that, I, I feel like... I feel like an age limit.
0: It's like, I what love do that you, you take it. With?
1: I love that you think at 14, no, they're lo- if they haven't got it by 14, they're lost. They are right. lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's over for them. I'm sorry. They just, they'll never understand.
2: <laughs> it feels like that period you're developing your ideas and thoughts, and especially that's why I was asking you if like your videos, you, know, you have a younger demographic because I feel like, these, this is, like, the pizza one, for example. Yeah. That is something they can understand. They yes. can break down. I can imagine that being played in, like, a social studies class. Yeah. Like, how do we look at these things? It and has also, been,
0: yeah. Of, I haven't yeah, had a few, course. like, teachers reach out being like, can we just play this? And I'm like, well, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> <It's
2: on> YouTube too. <laughs> Leave the yeah. ad
0: on, but, like, do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need the money from that play, but, but fine.
2: But, I mean, do you, I mean I think about young people a lot when I make, my like, my stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, jokes. Like, you know, I try not to think about the audience except but But with young people, I'm like, how is a is a kid going to understand this? Yeah. Will they understand this? And what can they do with this? I mean, how much is, does that enter your thought process?
0: I mean, I definitely think about it when I'm creating, even if that's not my my you know number one demo. I definitely think that um, I, I think it's up to me to like just make the content and hope that like people get it. And so if I if if there's, like, a chance that, like, somebody young doesn't isn't going to understand what I'm going for or, like, I'm just completely alienating them, then I'm not doing my job because, like, you know, most people on YouTube are that young. And so even if they're not already in my, you know, audience, uh, they could be. And, they I like, if I could reach them, even if it's just because, like, somebody that they follow, like, hates me. Maybe there's a day they'll come back later after they're, like, <laughs> let down by, like, <laughs> boner dude 79. Uh, <laughs> like, once that guy, like, ruins, the, like, they just stop believing in him, then they'll maybe come back to my work and be like, oh, I get it. She's talking to me. So I'm, I have, I do have hope for that.
2: That's why I finally watched Star Wars, because I wanted a, a reference point to relate to the young people.
0: Yeah, you were like, man. Oh,
2: my God.
0: <laughs> I just want to understand boner guy 79. <laughs> uh- <laughs> I just want to see where he's getting his... It's Darth Vader. It's who
2: it is. <laughs> uh, before uh, before we leave, uh, I just wanted to uh, mention that I've also been on uh, Mike and Danny's podcast. Yeah. Mike Morona, Danny Tamburelli, who played Pete and Pete yes. in The Adventures of Pete and Pete and on Nickelodeon. Friends. They're still friends. They're pretend- My younger brother Ashok went on a, on a brother double date uh with the fake brothers <laughs> to a baseball game a few years ago, and they are they are the greatest yeah. and I, i'm so I was so happy to know that you were on that podcast as well oh
0: yeah, I love them. I think that like they're just so funny and talented. <laughs> I feel like people should give them everything for the rest of eternity.
2: Yeah. They were they were in my failed uh, TV pilot uh, during mm-hmm. a sketch where I was playing Jesus getting waterboarded <laughs> and um, they played the uh, prison guards.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Pete and Pete. Yeah,
2: Pete and Pete were the prison guards waterboarding. By the way, the, the pilot didn't get picked up. Oh, I'm
0: sorry <laughs> to hear that. When, when will you have access to the... <laughs> Can you just put it on the internet?
2: Oh, just to see that sketch? Yes. I, oh, I wanted people to see that I so know, it's so good. But, uh, Jesus turns the water to water.
0: Wine. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Wow, that's a great that's a great sketch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Give you. BuzzFeed if you're listening. No. <laughs> oh no,
1: Back off oh, no. it's gonna be yeah. a BuzzFeed. Damn it. And plus oh. they're like it plus they're like, you didn't put it on the internet? Great. You can really take <laughs> exactly. it. We We're can all really in the same it.
0: space. We have podcasts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well our sketch is called Famous People Being Waterboarded. <laughs> by so, Jesus. By G-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ten ways you know that Jesus is waterboarding you. It's made out of wine. Yeah. They they would do
1: that. <laughs> wow. You have just totally given them an idea. They might even credit you as, a, as an unpaid writer on this one. It's
0: mine. Yeah, I hope so, right? Buzz I mean, feed. aren't they all unpaid writers? BuzzFeed, <laughs> stop. BuzzFeed, please. Yeah. BuzzFeed, please just give us a minute. <laughs> Real.
2: Akilah, okay, you're the best. Thank you for joining
0: Thank us. you all so much for having me. This is a blast.
1: Yeah, and thank you for the work you do, and thank you for continuing to do it uh, in spite of everything that's going on in the world, because it's certainly... You are a bright, shining light. And I also feel like that with this current administration, that means your career is going to go up and up and up.
0: Thank you. Well, I hope so. I hope that this is like...
1: That's a silver lining.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to put that as my Twitter bio. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening.
1: Kamal, what did you learn today? I've learned that Akilah has not changed her direct approach to dealing with Donald Trump since he's in office. And in fact knows that it's even more important now than ever. I didn't really learn that, but I'm happy to hear it. What did you learn today, Hari? I learned that Aquila dreams about being
2: really old on a high school drama, which <laughs> is delightful. And I learned that we need public service announcements about what trash Bill O'Reilly is.
1: <laughs> Ask your doctor about what trash Bill O'Reilly is.
2: <laughs> and I learned that even though Aquila and I are both millennials, I have no idea what she's talking about a lot of the time.
1: <laughs> i heard you get quiet when she was dropping references of like youtubers and other things oh and tv God. shows I, I just heard you get quiet you kept bringing up that star wars thing you just saw and in my head the it was
2: just the family ties uh, theme song what do we do baby with our love uh, wow
1: i think we have to stop there
2: good night everybody
1: Thanks again to Akila Hughes for joining us today. And be sure to check her out on her YouTube channel. You can find her under It's Akila, Obviously. Don't miss her popular segment, This Shouldn't Be News. And find her on Twitter at Akilah Obviously. That's A-K-I-L-A-H-O-B-V-I-O-U-S-L-Y. Obviously. It's easy to spell obviously.
2: Also, please subscribe to Politically Reactive if you haven't already done so and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a little comment. Grateful. Really grateful to you, the listeners.
1: We're grateful to you. Thanks to all of you who've commented on Twitter using the hashtag politically reactive. Keep them coming. We use all of them. Some of them. A few of them. And we'd love to see you on one of our live politically reactive shows. We'll be at the Limestone Comedy Festival in Bloomington, Indiana. The Politically Reactive Show is Friday, June 2nd, and we'll both be doing stand up sets at the Limestone Comedy Festival as well. Tickets are at limestonefest.com. And my mom lives in Bloomington. We'll
2: also be at the Comedy Central Colossal Clusterfest in San Francisco. That's on
1: Sunday, June 4th. Tickets at clusterfest.com. And you can find Harry's album, Mainstream American Comic, on iTunes and all over the internet. And he just released a surprise album without even telling me. It's called Konda Kondabolu's New Material Night, Volume 1. It's on Bandcamp and iTunes, but I don't have a copy.
2: Well, I- I'll send you a code. Shockingly, it hit number two on the Billboard comedy charts, despite absolutely no advertising. So, thank you, uh, friends. I'm also about to go on tour. You can see me in Minneapolis, April 26th at the Cedar Madison, April 27th to the 29th at the Comedy Club on State. Caroline's right here in New York City, April 4th to April 7th. Use the code COCOBUTTER
1: for a discount on the internet. You can find all those dates and more at harikondabolu.com. And I've got some other projects too. Like my podcast that I'm occasionally on, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. My live radio show and podcast come out right now. And the second season of my CNN show, United Shades of America, is out on Sunday, April 30th at 10 p.m. And my new book, The Awkward Thoughts of W. Kamau Bell, is out May 2nd. You can pre-order now at wkamaubell.com or find it at your local bookstore. And I'm going on a book tour. May 2nd, I'll be in Brooklyn at the Bell House. May 3rd, I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the Avalon Theater. May 4th, I'll be in Chicago, Illinois at the Art Center in Oak Park. Technically, I'll be in Oak Park. And on May 5th, I'll be in L.A., California at Largo. And May 6th, I'll be in Oakland, California at the Starline Social Club. Tickets to all those dates include a copy of the book, because that's how you get on the bestsellers list. And I also got a bunch of stand-up dates and bell curve shows. Check my website, Come on, I'm going to miss
2: your, uh, your Brooklyn show on May 2nd. I know. Yeah, it's not that I have something to do. I just don't want to go. Hmm. Politically Reactive is a production of Topic and distributed by Earwolf. The team includes Letal Malad, Lisa Langang, Erica Moo and Max Jacobs. The show is engineered by Ted Muldoon. Thanks for extra research help today from Laura Flynn.
1: And thanks to Adam Munoz at Fantasy Studios in Berkeley. Thanks to Jared O'Connell at Earwolf Studios in New York. And thanks as always to Brontez Purnell for providing music for the show. We really appreciate it.